This video is brought to you by Black Moon Games. Check out their products at shop-black-moon.com. Don't get me wrong. I love Kickstarter. Like, uh, most of these games on this bat and behind me probably wouldn't exist if, if it weren't for Kickstarter. Kickstarter's done a tremendous, tremendous job of accelerating the popularity of the board game and the tabletop game hobby in these last probably seven, eight years. I... There's not probably a day that goes by that I don't look at Kickstarter and that I don't look at a project. I also really, really love the RPG community. And I love seeing people be creative and kind of come up with their own quirky, you know, rules light RPGs. And that's why when like three years ago, when Kickstarter did this zine quest thing, I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. This is awesome. I love it. And they'd been doing it for the last three years, every February. And now they just made an announcement about Zine Quest. And they're changing it up. We're going to talk about it. I have a lot of opinions about it. And I'd love to know more as to why they made these changes. But we're going to talk about the changes and why I don't think that they're uh, probably ideal. Anyway, besides that, we'll, we'll talk about that and probably a little bit more uh, about other stuff. Uh, stick around. It's the Chaotic Goodcast, episode 132. Hello. Welcome, everyone. This is the Chaotic Goodcast. My name is Doug. I'm all fired up for this episode, and I totally <laughs> off my game. I appreciate everybody that's joining us live. Uh, my name is Doug. This is the Chaotic Goodcast. Joining me are my fellow casters, Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. For the window to over there, the shelves are mostly bare. This one's filled with air. Wow, <laughs> they're, they're, I'm still waiting on my restocks, folks, here at the store. That, wow. uh... <laughs> uh, our resident geek of the north, the one and only Jason Hunt. It is finally not the Arctic Circle here. So, oh I'm, well, the geek of the north starting to thaw out a little bit. Finally, <laughs> we had we had a 17 day extreme cold advisory stretch. Nuts. Wee. You're you're uh, you're pushing all of your weather down our way. Yes, and, uh, I hope to, to freeze you all tomorrow so. with the wind chill. It's supposed <laughs> to be negative uh, 35 degrees, uh, and so uh, we've already they've already canceled school uh, for this area. So Cancel um, and for school. most of most of the state, I believe as well. Come on. Um, well, not only just because of the weather, but because of other factors as well. It's most probably the weather just kind of just tipped it over the edge and, and uh, made them cancel. <laughs> That's beside I the point. Everything else is going to be how cold? <laughs> cold um, enough to freeze your Winnebago. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I'm going to remind folks that if you're listening to the audio podcast of this show, 
feel free to join us every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook Live. You can join us every single time. Uh, you can be a part of the chat, and uh, we'll highlight your your chat uh, as as we go along. Looks like Hungry's here as always. Thank you, Hungry Ewok. Uh, Jody is here. Jody, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, Amanda Call is not on screen, but she's in the chat. So he's sleepy. Like to, yeah. That's fine. We've all been really, really, uh, really busy the last uh, few few days. Vanda Beast, you're he's joining us on Twitch. Oh, Thank you so much. I recognize that emote. <laughs> Those emotes are some of the best emotes on Twitch. I've never seen. I wonder them. where you get them. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. So uh, before we begin, I just want to say if you have a friendly local game store, support them. It's been kind of a slower kind of. A couple weeks for for releases, uh, Ben. There's not January. not too much coming in. Yeah, it's January. Yeah, we're, we're kind of, uh, recouping financially post, from the holidays. Yeah, post Christmas, there's usually not a whole lot being put out that's new. A lot of stores are in their restock mode. They've sold down their inventory as low as they can go uh, at the beginning of the year. They start bringing in restocks again. And uh, yeah, things are just going to slowly start trickling in. we got some stuff to talk about next week for new at the store. But this week, uh, like I said, the, the shelves are shelves are are awaiting new fun to be added. Well, that's okay because I'm sure if they're anything like like my shelves, my shelves are full with old fun that still needs to be played quite a bit more with. So. Old fun that's uh, new in box. Uh, Vanda Beast wants to know: Did you get that grandma money? Oh yeah, uh, actually, it was a good grandma money season this year. Uh, it ended about when it normally does, you know, a couple days after the new year. But uh, but the grandma money did flow, and uh, control of the universe does belong to, to house retailer. <laughs> Nice, nice. All right, uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for uh, the our intro. Let's get. We're gonna dive right into our main topic, which is Kickstarter is doing what to Zine Quest in twenty twenty two. Let's roll that high definition intro that we always that do. Beautiful for, bean footage. Yeah, here we go. And now our feature presentation. All right, so it's that's a it's a wonderful graphic. I think I, that I feel... that guy's voice is probably the reason why voiceover <laughs> people were involved in movies. Probably, yeah. probably. Like, that was one of the earliest things where like, you had that deep, gruff voice over a screen. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this the Zine Quest thing. Zine Quest, if, for those of you that aren't familiar with Zine Quest. ZineQuest is this initiative that's put on by Kickstarter the last three years. Three years. Let's not go back. Three years. Those of you on the podcast, Doug is repeatedly waving three fingers at the screen. February to kind of showcase independent game designers and kind of these publishers that maybe have like these smaller RPGs to just kind of make zines with. Or maybe it's just to help like uh, aspiring game designers create an RPG zine and it's been going on every February for the last three years. It's kind of, I mean, once you've done it, I'd say two years in a row around the same time, people start expecting it. It, it becomes a tradition. It becomes something that's part of, part of habit. 
Um, we've seen some great RPG zines. I think uh, I think Mazes was one of those RPG zines that eventually mm-hmm. that came was part of Zine Quest. I, I have to have Chris uh, Chris O'Neill back on from Ninth Level Games. But I think Mazes was one of those RPG zines that actually later on got developed into like a full blown retail product, uh, which we've highlighted on on the show. Uh, I don't think it's out yet, but it, it will be. So no, yeah, we just yeah. got a backer update a few weeks ago. Exactly. So. It's really this great time, and I always liked it because it was February, because you were kind of recuperating from the holidays. It was those kind of those smaller pledges, because most of the RPG yeah. zines, you don't, you're not paying a whole lot of money. Most of them are fifteen dollars or less. You know, but I there are a lot of them. Like, there, let's not there are. let's not undercut that. Uh, there are, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of zines that get yeah. kickstarted yeah. this this month or there previously are. and and there's <laughs> some really off the wall type of zines on there which is cool you know that's yes. fine that's awesome like i really enjoy like even though i didn't back a whole lot of zines i liked just going on kickstarter in february and seeing all the creati- creativity and seeing people's like dreams of, of being game designers and and yeah i'd pick one or two probably actually no i think I, I i think i was up to like three or four every year that i would i would select and 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 back and because february is kind of a slower month for kickstarter kickstarter doesn't have a whole lot going on usually on in february for for big because all the all the major publishers know that hey february zine quest we're gonna probably not kickstart a whole lot is i don't it, know that's what, why well, I, I have a feeling that the, the, I mean, February in general is a low a low month anyway for sales usually. So I think that's I think that's why. Yeah, but mostly they're having the same issue that retailers are having. It's everybody's spent their their cash on Christmas stuff. So if you throw a major Kickstarter out there right after Christmas, people are going to be like, well, well, no. <laughs> come on's not going to come on's going to do it with Marvel Zombies here in another week. They roll a Kickstarter out every fourteen minutes. But I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, that, like, I think I, it's I think true. That, like, uh, anyway, anyway, Zine Quest was something that this I was is going to really be one of those shows to. where I frustrate Doug. This is going to be one of those shows where Doug's Doug's trying to be. I'm I'm trying to rein it in a little bit just because because I I was really excited for for Zine Quest in 2022, and I was waiting for the announcement that it was coming, and I think a lot of folks. I think at this point, after three years of of consecutive Zine Quest initiatives in February, I think a lot of indie RPG designers had anticipated Zine Quest being a thing in February. Doug went downstairs on Zine Quest morning, and there was nothing under the tree. We didn't hear anything about Zine Quest, which is fine. Like, okay, that means that more than likely it's probably coming but then like last week we get notified notified which last week was what we're into the first week of january and we get notified that they're not doing zine quest in february and that they're going to be pushing it all the way to when gen con is going on which is what when is when is gen con august 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 and me as like 
someone that's that's that, that's part of marketing and part of like knowing the the RPG community, like that kind of frustrates me. It may it makes me kind of upset because Kickstarter was is was founded and was built because it was supposed to help folks create. It was supposed to help folks like small people who aren't businesses that just want to cre- create something. And I felt like Zine Quest was kind of going back to those roots. And now it's kind of a slap in the face to those folks that had been waiting and had already planned to do a zine in February to jump on that Zine Quest initiative only to be told that, hey, we're not going to do it this year in February. We're going to do it in August. So they were probably already expecting and probably lining everything up for February, and now they've got to wait. I could see maybe March or April. Okay, a couple months delay. Fine, cool. But all the way to, 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 to August just kind of makes me feel really bad for the folks that really wanted to do zines and that were anticipating on doing zines in 2022. What what are your guys... I mean, I don't think... I think that that's one of the issues that I have with this. The other issue that I have is that it's during Gen Con. Gen Con is probably one of... If you are a board game or tabletop player, gamer, whatever you want to call it, more than likely you're budgeting around Gen Con. So your money's probably earmarked for Gen Con or some sort of... uh, something along those lines. It's probably not going to be earmarked for for zines. I, I just feel like it's kind of inconsiderate by Kickstarter to to A, announce it last minute like this, and B, to try to do it during probably the least ideal time of the year to, to, to launch an initiative for an RPG zine. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments if I'm wrong, if, if you disagree. Um, guys, can, can, can I can I let yeah. you know you're wrong right now? Yeah, I is mean that, you can. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Like, <laughs> like how how do you guys feel about this? Are, are, did you guys a do you guys back RPG zines? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I assume. Yeah, you do. I, yeah I, I assume and, and we've backed some through the store uh, uh, through Zine Quest last year. Um, I think that this is continued fallout from the pandemic and and everything else money is tight everywhere right now for a lot of people and trying to launch a bunch of stuff in february when there is still so much up in the air with how the economy is going to look and everything uh is questionable yes these are small dollar amount items but kickstarter isn't looking at the individual they're looking at the aggregate and they are trying to see okay is there the amount of money disposable ready to rock this february that there was the previous years and i think their bookkeepers their projection has said no it's not i think they are hedging their bets and whether it's correct or not picking 
like the period between Origins and Gen Con, which I assume that they will start this. I can't imagine them starting it day one of Gen Con. They'll start it the week before Gen Con uh, at the beginning of August and run all the way through. So all of these zines will launch literally before Gen Con, before all of these gamers who have saved money all year long for the new hotness see, oh, here's a zine, here's a zine, here's a zine, here's a zine. I can spend 100, 200, 300 of my gaming budget on Zine Quest and still feel like I'm getting my money's worth at Gen Con. I think that's the plan. Whether or not it's going to work, that's what time's going to have to tell. But honestly, because of the low dollar amounts that many of these zines actually are, this isn't backing three or four zines at the beginning of August is not going to drain you for Gen Con. These are not Simon, you know, giant Kickstarters that you have to pay $400 to get everything up front for. These are $15, $20 things. And if I back five of them, I'm out $100. And $100 is not going to break anyone that is going to Gen Con. So I, I, I think they are being smart by targeting the moment where most gamers have the most disposable income. And I think this is related to this year, and maybe it'll shift back to February in a year or two. But we'll have to see how, just how successful it actually is. But I think it's actually a smart time for them to move it to, if they were going to move it at all. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Jason, what, what about you? What, uh, what what are your thoughts about, uh, about Zine Quest in, in 2022? Well... I mean, it sucks that they moved to Gen Con because it is going to get a bit lost in the shuffle for some people. Um, and there are, like you said, a lot of people were ready to go in February. I've seen quite a few complaints, actually, when they announced their first, uh, when they first announced that press release, there was lots of comments on there saying, I'm going to launch anyway in February, I don't care. So there's going to be a small grassroots movement of ZineQuest going in February regardless. Because some people are just like, I'm not willing to wait another X number of months to launch my zine. I, I need to do this now. Um, and then, and this by the same token, there was also people commenting saying, Hey, I'll take the extra time, maybe do a bit more development, you know, see how it goes. I don't know. I, I, I think the shadiest thing that I would ascribe to Kickstarter over this is it was kind of a blind side. There was but that's like, what really, was really kind of annoys me. It was really like there wasn't a, like they could have sent out an email saying, Hey, uh, like earlier to, to Zine Quest creators saying, Hey, there's something in the works, you know uh sit on your hands for a while we've we've got we're gonna have an announcement soon to so that people don't invest money and stuff like that like some some zine quests actually go pretty hard on art and uh graphics and stuff like that for the kickstarters and you have to pay for that stuff up front so i mean they've i mean yeah they can still use it months from now but if you're running a zine out of your basement and you've invested 500 dollars in the hopes that in a month you're gonna have Two thousand dollars coming in, or three thousand, or four thousand dollars, to cover those expenses—that's kind of a kick in the face. But I don't think it's really something that they did specifically maliciously. I think it really is—it's about the—it's about the money. It's just oh, yeah. they did it poorly. That's that's the big stumbling thing. They did that, it really poorly. Yeah, that, that's. I'm not. I'm not saying they were trying to be malicious or anything. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it, these are people that that probably have planned for quite a while. 
for February launch, and now you're just kind of just letting them know last minute, hey, we're not gonna, we're not like going to be doing this initiative. Well, we're not going to be yeah. doing this promotion for for zines because that was one of the things that that, that well, folks got got were able to, to kind of jump on board with because yeah. Kickstarter would would kind of you know promote zine. You know, they various they actually zine. in that announcement though they did say, hey, if you were planning to launch a zine in February, contact us, and we'll help you out. So I don't know if they're planning to do something extra, maybe. Like okay. there was some chatter about maybe they would have a booth at Gen Con uh, with like a rotating roster of zines that you could literally back on the con floor if you wanted to. Like, I don't know how useful that would be because that like you'd have people walking past that more than you'd have them stopping at it, honestly, if it was just a giant booth that said Kickstarter Zine Quest, I think. But uh, like, you never know. Maybe they'll do something interesting for the people. That could. You- Jody has a has a question. The Gen Con it may give them more exposure. I was actually thinking less. I, I was actually thinking the opposite thing because Gen Con's usually where all the big publishers make their announcements, like that they've got big name games that are coming or they have like new releases. I was thinking that when you put that alongside Gen Con and then try to do something online through a website and try to some, try to promote like a, a small indie thing, it's gonna get lost in in the shuffle by these bigger bigger publishers. But I think I mean it'll be annoying for sure because it is gonna interrupt possible cash flow options for people who are attending Gen Con in person. But it's still it's only it's only five days out of the whole month, so people are gonna go to Gen Con and yeah they'll spend a small fortune or whatever because that's sort of what people do at Gen Con. You go there to buy stuff. You don't go there to just look at things. <laughs> Um, but they're going to get home and they're going to have their money and they're going to be like, oh, wow, I blew a whole lot of money on this. And then they're going to open up their email. And if they've ever done anything with Zine Quest before, they're going to have, as we all know, dozens of emails floating around in their inbox saying, hey, Zine Quest is happening right now too. So, I mean, it may steal some wind from their sails for the fact that, like even like folks have been mentioning, it's not that much money, but a lot of people... I don't know if there anybody's like me out there. I, I don't stick to budgets. <laughs> you tell me I have $300 to spend. You can rely on me spending five or $600. <laughs> so that, that could possibly be a problem. But, but even then, like the, the, one of the big, I don't want to say drawing points because I think it's kind of not a drawing point really at the end of the day of Kickstarter is you push the back now button. You got 30 days to figure it out. Well, sometimes, sometimes you only have seven days or sometimes you only have yeah. 14 days. Yeah. But like a lot of zines run the whole month, right? So, and honestly, even like having said that for cheapness, a lot of these zines are getting kind of pricey. Oh like, yeah, well, paper's not the, going down in price. The, that's for no, sure. Papers, papers going up in price, and people are really ramping up their production quality. It's not the old days where you had some black and white art and some folded over cardboard and you know ten pages folded in half and stapled. Mm-hmm. There's saddle stitching. There's color printing. There's glossy. There's like uh, stretch goals that add like triple the size to your zine kind of thing if the, at the end of the day. So it's like some of these companies go pretty hard on it and you pay that price. I, I wonder if the push to delay it will actually get more established like mid-range publishers interested in maybe putting something together for ZineQuest and maybe give okay. ZineQuest a little bit more of a draw than just, hey, here's a bunch of indie publishers. As we all know, particularly viewers of the and listeners of the show, zines have really 
taken off. We are, we're talking about the production quality going up. That's yeah. that's you know that's because these are now no longer the the fringe RPGs that you kind of stumble upon because your friend found it on some dark recess of the internet. These are things that are now printed and published and put out for sale sometimes in retail establishments sometimes just online through the independent publishers but they are available much easier now than they ever were before and i could definitely see i mean we've already seen ninth level games get in on this like they're not a Mm -hmm. uh, they're not a tiny publisher they're not a one person show putting out something because they like it you know they are an established company that puts time effort and and love into their products and they you know part of that is is chris o'neill's love of zine quest anyway that he he wants to get into it we, um, we need, when, we, when they do actually have zine quest we need to get him back on the show just so we can listen to him rant about how many he's we'll, back we'll try we'll try to uh, we'll try to for sure. coordinate that for uh, but, for zine quest but because of that because some of these you know mid-range companies might see it as a way to get into it and that might actually draw more people to it um and potentially moving it to gen con is something because some mid-range companies reached out to kickstarter and said hey we want to be involved but we want to have some sort of you know co-launch with a kickstarter and a presence at gen con so you know maybe there was some behind the scenes negotiation that caused this to to get pushback yeah, I'm I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. I I've not talked to anyone at Kickstarter. I've not talked to uh, any publishers that were planning on being on Kickstarter. But it feels deliberate for a reason, even if that reason has not been made clear to us, other than removing it. Yeah, and I guess that that's kind of another reason why I'm kind of annoyed is because it felt like ZineQuest kind of went back to what kickstarter was started for to begin with like now it feels like kickstarter is let's let's just call it it's a lot of it is kind of like a pre-order system and a marketing machine and as far as rpgs go it's it's literally it's a marketing machine and a Mm pre-order right pre-order system so it it felt like zine quest was kind of going back to what it was what kickstarter was originally intended for hey a person has an idea let's get a community together to to make that happen so it kind of felt bad that they didn't they weren't as considerate of that community that that was kind of like their old school like what they they originally built for to just kind of give them less than a month notice that they weren't going to be doing this and and i guess maybe that's just me being naive and, and and thinking that oh you know what kickstarter can still be what it what it was and not what it is well, let me let me ask you a question, Doug. What would you consider to be an appropriate amount of time for a lead up for an announcement like this? I, I would say three months. Three months. I, I would say three months. That kind of gives you enough time to to factor around everything, uh, to plan. I, I, if they had said back in November, "Hey, we're we're not going to do Zine Quest, the initiative, until later on in the year," and hey, if you have any input as to when we should do this during the year we're go- we'll se- we'll send you a, a, like whether or not they use it or not but hey here's here's an online feedback mm-hmm. form if you've done a zine with us before 
we would love to know your input. And I don't know, maybe they did that already. I don't I don't know. I'm not I haven't ever pushed it put out a zine, but I would hope that they would I just it feels like they weren't that that they're neglecting that community of of indie RPG creators in in the tabletop in that that segment. And I feel really bad because those are really talented people and these are people that were probably really really excited to be finally part of or to be part of this, you know, initiative again. And they're just mm-hmm. like, okay, well, oh, by the way, here's three weeks notice. We're not doing it. Like, oh, well, that's kind of, it just, it just seems a little inconsiderate in my opinion. I think Van de Beest is actually right with, uh, with their the comment. last comment. Yeah. Uh, Van de Beest I says, think- I think that Zine Quest was a relatively small part of Kickstarter's overall game business. I haven't seen the numbers, but computer games are probably a lot larger than the role-playing game section, of which zines would also be a small portion. Absolutely. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it was. It kind of gave February something unique about Kickstarter. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, going to then, guess that February was kind of a slow month anyway. Oh, so for sure. Give it, give it something that, that kind of makes it go back to its, its roots. And... It, I, don't know. I think that's like I said that like like Ben said that's probably why they pushed it though because they realize nobody's got any cash right now, they they don't they don't want to see Zine Quest pop out and have everybody be like, Lord, I don't have any cash for this, you know, and that would probably have a lot of issues. Probably like like how how heartbreaking would it be to throw your throw a Zine Quest thing out there, and you were successful last year and this year you get half what you got last year, like no. Yeah. It could very well be that they're actually thinking about, you know, waiting until people might have some disposable income. Just to play devil's advocate. I think, <laughs> I, I think and and now I'm going to I'm going to side with Doug here uh, with the inconsiderate nature of it. The way it was announced was also just slapdash. Uh, someone uh, uh, it was uh, at head of the goat on Twitter said, just learned from Anya at Kickstarter, who works for the games division, that Zine Quest 4 is officially not happening yeah. in February 2022. To which yeah. point, Anya quote-tweeted that quote and said, hey, I'm the director of games at Kickstarter, and we're moving it. Like, there was no official press release. There was yeah. no official tweet. There was no, like, it was all just very, oh, yeah. Uh, it only yeah. happened because they got called out on it. So yeah, like that feels kind of very that kind yeah, of feels I, inconsistent I, too. I think that I and again I think this might be them salvaging something from something they were going to do away with um, because as Van to be said it's such a small amount of their overall revenue that uh, Kickstarter's revenue obviously this is very important to the creators and the designers and I don't want to understate that fact. Um, the uh, they probably put too much marketing dollars into Zine Quest and haven't seen enough return on it. So they were probably going to kill it. And and now they've had to scramble and maybe they're going to redeem That's, themselves okay, by yeah. how they're going to oh, promote okay. it. So, but, so it would have sounded like when they said, hey, email us if you need some help. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, so okay, if that's truly the case, if that's truly the case, then you would have done what i just suggested you would have gone back to kicks you would have gone back to zine quest zine quest creators people they've got three years 
of data and and, and mm-hmm. of creators to pull to say, hey, we want to make Zine Quest better for you all. We're thinking about not doing it in February because of the fact that we want it to be more successful for you. When should we do it? We're not going to say that we're going to definitely use this, but we're kind of curious as to what your your insight is. And also, hey, guess what? Since we're polling you, we're also thinking about changing the time of of year for Zine Quest. That that still assumes that Kickstarter cares. Like exactly, these, I would, which I very I much doubt they do. Yeah. Yeah. These, these zines are probably going to get made on Kickstarter regardless. Could because yeah. let's face it, Indiegogo, uh, yeah, no. the, the the other Sorry. platforms just <laughs> don't have the market penetration that Kickstarter has. So if you are a very tiny independent publisher, you go to Kickstarter. That's just where you go because that is where everyone else goes to shop for these things. So like, I this is this is my actual opinion and not me you know putting on my hat for the sake of of talking from one direction or another i think they were going to kill zine quest this year and i think this will be a send off to zine quest unless it does amazingly well in august and like you said it's up against gencon so no one is going to ruin their gencon budget on zines they may dip a little bit into it, but no one's going to ruin their Gen Con budget on zines. So I think we are looking at the final zine quest as officially wow. sponsored by, by yeah. Kickstarter. Uh, Vandeby says, it sounds a little like there are assumed resources, and he has that in quotation marks, that Kickstarter is somehow obligated to provide. I'm not saying that there, there are. I'm just saying that if you cared about your users and about your creators, and you wanted to make the campaign more successful, you would you would consult with them. That's just me. Had there been an announcement that Zine Quest was annual, or was it just an assumption? I think it was just an assumption, but they've done it for three years in a row. And they didn't. And they named it Zine Quest, Zine Quest Two, Zine Quest Three. Yeah. Like, so they they definitely gave the indication that it was going to continue, but definitely they didn't expressly say that. Right. I really, it's just speculation. Right. Mm-hmm. We're, we're like you like like you said. We're assuming that there's that they've got people working on ZineQuest, and it's not just a graphic with a new update every year. Right. I mean, they do have somebody coordinating their entire games division, which is which sounds a bit like a basically just a figurehead position, to be honest with you, because there's probably dozens of people underneath that person doing the yeah. majority of the legwork. But I, I even don't, so, yeah, I, like, zines are just. I like I love zines. Like I've uh, since I, since Zine Quest has started, I've backed so many zines, and there's so many cool games that come out as a zine. But in the overall, like it's like we've said before about about games that are, have a really small target audience. It's a niche within a niche within a niche. So yeah, yeah no. It's as far true. as Kickstarter is concerned, it's like it's it probably wouldn't even move a, a needle on a meter at Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm just, I guess I'm always one of those, I've always been one of those business people and marketing people that it doesn't matter if you spend a dollar or a hundred dollars, you value your, you value your consumer and you get the feedback and you figure out how to make their experience and how to make them more successful. 
and and I I don't know and yeah and Van and, and Van actually says uh, you know he thinks that I'm I'm talking as if I assume that there are resources I don't I don't know what this what the issue is I don't know what the staffing is at Kickstarter I've I've talked to a lot of people at Kickstarter um, at, at various conventions super super nice people and this is in no way me saying that they're not doing you know that, that they're not doing a great job and 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 whatnot but I feel like. I guess I just I feel bad for the the indie RPG creators that 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 were that were banking on a February kind of thing. Um, well, that also you were assuming that they're banking on it too. Right. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm hopeful that like nobody's invested the whole house or whatever in, into their zine project, but I mean, yeah, it it does suck that people are not going to be able to go ahead with their planned Kickstarter. That's that's at the at the end of the day. I mean, people had plans, and now those plans are tossed because you have to like when you from the few Kickstarter people that I've been involved with, like behind the scenes kind of things. Um, it's a lot of work managing a Kickstarter. Oh, absolutely, you have is. to be there on the forums, your comments, you're fielding messages all the time. You have to pay attention mm-hmm. to your stretch goals. You have to pay attention to your funding goals. Like you're constantly, uh, you're either you're either beating the bushes for marketing. Or you're monitoring your Kickstarter, so people who had planned and maybe you know scheduled time during February for the launch days and then the ending days where they could be there now have to figure out a way to do that in August if they want to do it at all. So that's going to be an issue for sure. I mean, you can't just throw that out the window. That that was kind of my other my other point with with I was going to kind of circle back to to Ben's comment of of folks that. Or maybe like mid mid range publishers, small to mid range publishers that were going to hop on to Zine Quest. I mean, it's hard enough to be at a convention and run a Kickstarter at the same time. Like to try to do both during Gen Con. Like I I don't see that that being very 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 beneficial for for folks as well. You know. Um, a great day has a great question, and this was going to be the next thing that uh, that I was going to bring up: is alternatives to Zine Quest. Do we think that now that Zine Quest has been pushed out of that that February slot in for for Kickstarter, do we see? I, I I've heard rumors of some sort of Zine Quest alternative. It won't be called Zine Quest; it'll be called something else. Um, do we, I saw, do we, I saw that there was a group, um, Charlie Ferguson, Avery and Alex Coggin of Feral Indie Studio. Uh, we're going to try to make a, what they were calling Zine Month or Zemo. Uh, apparently that is something that's trying to be mobilized currently, uh, as, as we kind of speak now. Are they trying to still do it on, on Kickstarter or are they trying to just, just try to like tell folks to just. Put it on whatever crowdfunding platform you want, and we'll we'll kind of push it out to the masses. They haven't said. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy regarding Kickstarter and running mm-hmm. projects on them right now due to their recent announcement about utilizing NFTs. So maybe they'll be looking at a secondary platform like GameFound or Indiegogo. Um, but again, it cycles back to the the fact that. If you're going to do that, you got to put marketing dollars out there to get people to those platforms uh, because 
let's face it, people don't go to those platforms unless they've seen something, an ad or something that drives them to those platforms. I think it would be cool if the if a bunch of the core Zine Quest folks, like the diehards, the the long term folks, got together and uh, basically grassrooted their own Zine Quest style umbrella kind of company sort of thing. I I would love That'd to see nice. it like kind of uh, I would love to see it go to like a, a platform like uh, GameFound. To be honest with you, like they the wouldn't be really to... going to be the marketing. That'll be the really that'll be the yeah. Marketing. I think I think GameFound can kind of I, I, I if any website can compete with with Kickstarter in the next five to ten years, I think it's going to be GameFound, especially for the tabletop industry. Uh, let's see here. Alan says, if you want some inside ball, like what Charles Ferguson is doing, yeah, we 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 wouldn't mind uh, mind having uh, some inside ball. Uh, let me let me see if we can't. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I if do we... I do like that. I I mentioned NFTs once, and I've summoned <laughs> Alan Barr summoned Alan to the Barr. chat. <laughs> we, we, we might be able to bring Alan. Let's see if Alan's uh, available to come on and, and, and chat a little oh, bit. Oh, Alan usually has words to say about this. things like that. Hey. <laughs> Very yeah. rarely does he not. But yeah, I um, I I really think it's going to be something that. Um, whatever if something does get put into place and hopefully alan can shed some light on what's coming down the pipeline it it's it's going to be smaller just in general so if you are interested in zines if you have backed them before definitely pay attention to what's going on out there and follow these creators to where they do go because supporting them is is definitely going to be good yeah I would I would love to see someone hop on, and 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 kind of take the initiative and take the ball and do something, and and if they can even get even a little bit of momentum in February of this year, I mean we're only talking like February is only like what 20, 20 days away or so twenty one days as of this uh, this recording. We got three weeks. Um, even if something does get started now, the likelihood of it actually being ready in February is going to be slim. To it, 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 but even if they get a little bit of momentum, it, the, they'll show that the, that it is still possible to do it in February, and then it'll be all that much better for, for the next year uh, in 2023 uh, if, if they indeed want to keep you know this type of initiative for small RPG zines a thing in February. And joining us for the show is the one and only get Alan Barr from Gallon Knight Games to give us some inside information on okay. the whole zine controversy. Okay. <laughs> what up? What's going on, Alan? Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. We, uh, we're, as you're you, well aware, we're t- we're talking about the the zine quests. Kind of, oh, yeah. I, I would say it's kind of a controversy. It's not really a controversy. It's just kind of like an annoyance, I think, on, on, on a little bit, on, on a few people's part. It cheesed Doug off. Um, it it, it kind of <laughs> did, just because, you know, I, I care a lot about this this industry. I care a lot about, you know, the, the RPG creators and, and folks that want to create RPG content or, or maybe want to start, you know, that are aspiring to be in this in, into this hobby and in this industry. You know, and I felt like Zine Quest was one of those things that was kind of a launching board towards folks that that wanted to get more involved in that and to kind of dip their toes in the water, to, so to speak. So it did kind of 
it, it, it annoyed me to, to a little bit of an extent to, to see that, hey, guess what? We're not going to do that this year. It's it's gonna in, in February. We're gonna we're gonna push it back to August. And oh yeah, by the way, you know we're only gonna give you, you know, twenty some odd days notice, and and uh, we're yeah. not gonna really make an official announcement. We're going to you know kind of retweet a, a tweet of somebody that that you know it just it kind of felt bad. And and what Kickstarter doing a thing to publishers that feels bad? I'm shocked. I say flabbergasted even well i i don't want to i don't want to just you know bash on kickstarter because i'm sure they probably had their reasons and i would love if somebody does know those reasons feel free to leave them in the comments and, and let us know and and uh, we'd be glad yeah. to, to address them you know in a future episode but uh alan what what, what are your thoughts what do you what would you have some inside information i guess as far as what uh, some well, alternatives i mean yeah i can give you some feedback on like game found and the various things like that you were talking about so one uh, Charles Ferguson Avery, those of you who might know him as the artist behind Never Going Home. So there's a plug for Never Going Home, fulfilling our quota for the show, right? Did I do that right? Yeah, absolutely. You're good. Well, yeah, you're good. good. Um, yeah, but anyway, Charles Ferguson Avery is organizing uh, a, a, pl a website to showcase various zine campaigns, regardless of what platform they're on during the Oh, nice. Okay. If you find his Twitter, he has links in the emailing list and things like that. I would recommend you hit that up and check that out first. If you're looking for February to be your zine month, now that it can't be zine quest, uh, you know, he's he's trying to put something together to help out the small publishers. Nice. And kind of create a central marketing touch point. I mean, I'm not nice. sure how robust it will be in terms of marketing, but something. Sure. Um so anything and anything's better than nothing. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. So um so the for a new publisher, you know, there, there's there's a couple problems with Kickstarter's approach here. One is the lack of notice. I think we can all agree that if you do something for four years in a row and then you tell everybody you're changing it three weeks beforehand, you've established a precedent, you're altering the precedent. And regardless of if it's good, bad, whatever, it feels bad. Right. And it undermines the trust in the platform. And that's not a good thing, right? I happen to know I spent quite a bit of money during Zinquest, and my wallet is really happy it got pushed back. <laughs> uh, right. You know, and Zinquest has been, it's been an interesting beast for Kickstarter. Um, of all their initiatives, I would imagine, I don't have any hard data, um, only uh, what I've experienced myself. Uh, last Zinquest, I backed over 200 projects. Nice. Um, and only about 60% of those have delivered a year later. Oof. And, my nor and I can count on one hand the number of projects that I've missed outside of ZineQuest in my mm -hmm. vacuum. Mm -hmm. Like almost everything else I've backed has delivered, except for, you know, a half dozen projects. So, you know, part of it, ZineQuest seems to have a higher lack of fulfillment rate. You know, I would chalk that up to a couple of things. One, the lack of experience among some creators. New creators bite off more than they can chew. They start to struggle. And then it's a, it's a death spiral. I've been in that death spiral. It sucks. You you become insecure. You you get a lot of bad comments. You get a lot of nasty hate online, and you're like, "Why would I work on this? People hate me." And then you just circle the drain, right? Um, so that's part of it. Um, I imagine Kickstarter is looking at it and going, "You know, if an initiative triples our lack of fulfillment rate, that's not a good initiative." That's true, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, why would point. we want to run this initiative if it's going to, you know? invite people to set up and set them up to fail 
you know, so Kickstarter is pushing back because they want to roll out some additional core tools for first time creators. That would make sense to me. Right. And the way the software industry in the world is right now, I could see a last minute push, not delivering on time and them having to do a late notice. So there's my, there's my defensive Kickstarter. Okay. Um, maybe there's something behind the scenes like that. We don't know about that. Yeah. Right. And I, that's kind of what I'm hoping that that, that is. It's, it's still kind of feels a little bad that they, well, I said, that's my defense. I'm not going to say, I think it's, <laughs> um, I don't think that's what's happening. Um, I think it's a combination of Luke Crane was a very public uh, proponent, and he was arguably the chief uh, creator instigator behind ZineQuest, right? He He's only no a Kickstarter. Um, so, uh, you know, that might be some of it. They're struggling to decide if they want to do it, if they want to do something new. Kickstarters, but Kickstarters rolled out and pushed back initiatives. They did the Make 100. Mm-hmm. No, yes, they've true. kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. Um, they did the one dollar projects, right? Do it for a dollar. Yep. They kind of stopped doing that. Like, I think they kind of just throw things at the wall. And ZineQuest stuck for a while, but I'm kind of wondering if they're realizing it's a death spiral. Okay. You know, and anybody can run zines on Kickstarter anytime. Like, why do you need? All you do in a particular month is you crowd the market. Right. Right. The average purchaser doesn't have unlimited money to pack projects. So what you're doing is you're lowering everybody's total backing level because you're forcing them to spread their funds out further, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know. But if that's the case, like, why put it during Gen Con? Because that seems to be, you know, another people thing. people who have Gen Con FOMO are going to spend a lot of money online when they see okay. all the pictures of their buddies. <laughs> I will do that right now. That makes sense. <laughs> You see your friend uh, buying the awesome games, and you're like, I can't do that. But here's a new avenue to buy awesome games. I'm going to do mm-hmm. that. Right? I, I have, in, in years past, texted people at the convention saying, buy that for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I think I think there's a lot that goes into this decision. I don't... The conversation seems to be... They just seem to be changing it willy-nilly. I don't really think that's what's happening. Right? No. Do, do I... I don't think they have a good grasp on the scene or tabletop community in a large aspect. I think they really miss a lot of the details and the stuff that works in there. But I don't think it's malicious. I don't think it's inherently bad, right? Right, right. And that, that was my main point. That was, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it was done, you know, okay, right. yeah, well, let's, let's screw these people over by doing this. I think it was just like, oh, you know what? We did this and, oh, maybe this probably right. wasn't the right way, but now it's already too late. So now here it is. Well, and, and I don't think you were saying that about Kickstarter, but I'm trying to establish the foundation before I say the next bit. Sure. Kickstarter used to be a small creator platform, right? Where small creators could get big ideas. That is not the case anymore. You know, the number everybody likes to throw around is last year, the one ring RPG from free league raised more than all the zine quests combined right. during the same month. Right. Um, which would indicate, you know, on a level that initiative is a failure because it's still not elevating small creators in mass past a bigger project. Right. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I know this is not a critique of the one ring or freely or anything like that. Yeah, right? no, no, no. You run the project when you run the project. I get it. I have it. I ran stuff during Zine Quest. 
you know, I, I don't get to bring in you know, 2.8 million or something. I would like to, if anybody wants to hand me <laughs> for a project during February, just reach out. I'm available. <laughs> um, so, but you know, Kickstarter has stopped being a small platform, right? You look at the juggernauts on there. You've got, you know, cool mini or not, who is slams down new records every little bit. It feels like, you know, you've got the big RPG projects that are raising millions of dollars here and there. Um, You've, you've got that kind of stuff. It stopped being that small. And people don't go there for the small creators anymore. Right. right? I, they go there I'm for the new shiny. I'm just saying, I don't think that's the, it used to be that was the majority of the audience. And I think that has shifted to, that is the minority of the audience. You, you shift to people who treat it more like an Amazon or a pre-order system. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in terms in, of how they make their purchasing decisions. And for me... And I've said this, I said this previously in this episode, it kind of was nice to have an initiative that made it feel like, hey, we know that we've kind of gotten to this point for our platform, but here's an initiative that kind of get goes back to the grassroots of what we were supposed to what what this what this platform was, was was to was built for to begin with. And I think so, Alan's right. Like there will be another initiative like that. It just won't probably be zine quest at least not right now and well, it it feels like a betrayal because this one was ours this was the the yeah. tabletop roleplay industries and it was taken away right. but how did the the make 100 uh, people feel that the small artists that are literally producing 100 prints of something and then right. all of a sudden that's not a method for them to sell their their artwork anymore well, and, you know, one of the ideas, and I think this is something a lot of small creators, I know I have this problem, have struggled with, is capitalizing on that audience outside of Kickstarter, right? The idea is, yeah, I do a couple make 100s, but eventually I shouldn't have to if I'm doing this right. Mm-hmm. right? But I have to capitalize on that, you know, and I think some zine creators have been able to do that. Some Kickstarter creators have been able to do that. Um this also goes to, you know, Kickstarter recently changed the rules on how you how many projects you can run. Right, right. right? It used to be nobody knew. And now the rule is you can't have more than three unfulfilled projects in tabletop mm-hmm. specifically. It's different based on each category. So you have companies that might have 10 unfulfilled projects or some people who ran four or five zines during Zine Quest last year. You can't do that anymore. Right? And so all these changes is death by a thousand cuts, right? Kickstarter. Oh, we changed the rule, which fine. At least we know what the rule is. Nobody knew before. It was just, if you got an email from Kickstarter saying your project wasn't approved, you're like, okay, (laughs) why? (laughs) Right. Um, now we know. So great. And then this, you know, and then the whole NFT thing, like it's just been the series of like every month, a new thing from Kickstarter rolls out. That's forcing everybody to reevaluate how they engage and moving to other platforms is hard right because kickstarter's marketing isn't good everybody likes to talk about the kickstarter marketing effect there's not a marketing effect on kickstarter right there's not the the kickstarter's referral algorithm is so bad right but there but there's a preset like so so here's 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 my my biggest complaint with with gamefound is that i don't get notifications when right. my friends back things. Right. So that's the best thing about Kickstarter. 
Absolutely. If, if or, I back or something, the worst thing. Or the worst thing. If you, thing, if you, 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 <laughs> and you get emails from, from Alan and I every day. Uh, but you, I haven't backed a Kickstarter since, uh, I don't think, November now. Oh, oh wow. Um, I that was the one thing that i really liked because that actually drew eyes for for me i i know personally it, it, i i got an email this afternoon that i'm like oh so and so back this let me take a look at it oh cool you know it's not so so much as kickstarters itself marketing right. it's the community and the folks right. that, that you know on kickstarter yeah. that are backing things and you're like oh well i know this person yeah. i have similar interests in, yep. for, with them let me take a look at this oh, yeah this is pretty cool I said right. that before too. That's how I get half my Kickstarters is you guys curate my Kickstarters. <laughs> I because I follow you guys. So Alan backs it, I'll look at that. Doug backs it, I'll look at that. It's Ben backs it, sure Kicks, I'll look at that. Kickstarter has become a social media platform. It has. It really sort of it really has in a and weird I think, way. <laughs> I think a lot of the frustration is that creators have failed to either grasp that or keep up with that. Right. Right. But part of the problem is Kickstarter is a social media platform with none of the nice social media platform safety tools. I can't block anybody. I can't say you can't follow me or back yeah. my projects. Right, right. I have no way to manage safety or harassment on Kickstarter. Yeah. Right. And so Kickstarter has kind of been circling the drain for a lot of people, I think. Um, I, I see people constantly going, I don't want to run any more Kickstarters or I don't want to back any more Kickstarter. I just, this, because it be, it's the same social media feel bad death spiral, right? I don't want right. to be on Twitter. I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want to, whatever. Right. And so moving to GameFound is a great option, but GameFound doesn't have all the things Kickstarter has. So we've done three projects on GameFound. Okay. Uh, their backend fulfillment tools for managing customer orders are not as good, They're not as robust. Okay. Right? They take the same cut in terms of project funding. The only thing they don't take the same cut of is in terms of uh, back. you get a free backer kit, basically, and that's free. Right. Oh, okay. But if you actually fund your project there, they take the same cut Kickstarter does. Oh, all right. Yeah, I believe I it's five percent sure. still. On top of payment processing fees, which is Kickstarter's rule, so that's like eight to ten percent, depending. Sure. Um, you get the free backer kit, but again, their platform isn't as robust on the back end, and so you have this problem where, yeah, there's a replacement, but it's the same price and it's not as good. Right. Do you, do you is see, it really a replacement? Do you see them improving GameFound so that it does compete with? Because yeah. So, I mean, I I, I think they want to improve GameFound. Right. right. It's just a matter of getting the resources and the and the money. You know. To, yeah. To do it. It, well, it's also a matter of understanding how people are using the platform. Right. Right. One thing Kickstarter was really good at is the people, especially in the early years, who were running Kickstarter were using Kickstarter. Right, they would run a they they ran projects. You they knew what was happening. They right. knew the hurdles they were running into, right? And you know, uh, GameFound has some of that. The guy who created GameFound, you know, did board games uh, on Kickstarter. He he's been down that road, you know. But uh, yeah, they they have to catch up in terms of what Kickstarter can do, right? And there, there's some things on GameFound that are great. Mm. Like there are things I really like about GameFound. Uh, but you know, free backer kit is a big one because that saves me a bunch of money. Like, but it's also that, you know, old adage of you get what you pay for. Yeah. It's not as yeah. robust as backer kit. It's not as easy to use. You know, I get more complaints from customers who had to go through the game found system than backer kit or crowd ox or whatever. 
right? Lots of there's a lot more hurdles and hoops, and it's kind of uh, you know, backer kit was pretty seamless. You just kind of did your thing down the checklist. Here, I have to email my guy and I have to be like, hey, here's what we want to do. Walk me through this because you don't have a tutorial or an FAQ, okay. which is a normal issue for any sort of new platform on the internet. Right, right. That stuff gets built up over time. But, you know, what what I'm afraid of is we're going to see this flood to GameFound and they're not going to, you're going to have more people than they have time to build it up. Right, right. And so you're it gets going to create another death spiral, right? Yeah, because you'll get a lot of more a lot more pissed off people and right. As we all know from Kickstarter, toxic people will follow you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's one of those really interesting catch-22s, right? Um and for me as a person who makes their full-time living in the game industry at this point, you know, losing Kickstarter sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Kickstarter accounts for a significant portion of my yearly revenue and income, right? GameFound won't replicate that. There's just no way, right? My mailing list, my ad spends, all of that set up specifically to how Kickstarter works. I have to go in and change all that. And I'm going to have to refine tune all that, which means it's going to take time where I'm going to bleed customers. I'm going to bleed backers, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to have to figure out trial and error again, what I'm doing here, right? Yep, yep. Um, And that's rough. One of the other things is Kickstarter is whitelisted on DriveThruRPG. You can include links to Kickstarter's sure. DriveThruRPG emails. Yeah. I don't know if GameFound is. I've never heard. I th- I assume think, they are. I think they are because I believe that I got vast grim emails through through DriveThruRPG when when that Kickstarter was going on on, on GameFound. I, I want to say that I did. Yeah. So you know, great if it is, but. That's, you know, great. So I can use that mailing list there, but right. I still have to port everything else over, right? Sure. I still have to move that all over. I have to fill. So a lot of people say, well, just go to GameFound, but that ignores the reality of a small publisher or a small business in the industry. Like, yeah, okay. If, you know, Free League moves to GameFound and they bleed 10% of their customer base, that sucks. You know, even 20%, that, that's awful. That's not fun, but they're still going to fund. They're still going to make money. Right. right. If I do that, uh, maybe I don't pay rent this month. Right. Like 20% of my customer base is enough of a portion that maybe I can't make my project anymore. Now, speaking as so, someone that, that has had multiple projects on, on Kickstarter and, and other social media yeah. platforms and other uh, game crowdfunding platforms, have you ever had anybody that said, hey, I would have backed this, but it's on Kickstarter? Or hey, I would have backed this, yes. but it was on GameFound, and and Absolutely. I just don't want to. I don't want to go through that platform. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, we've had people who say stuff like, you know, I've had to wait. You know, I'll just get it in retail because you're estimating it's a year out, and I'll forget about it and I'll see it in retail. I'll just get it then, which is fine. I get that. You know, I do that with some projects, but you know that, that you know for a small publisher, well, maybe we don't make it. Because right. people are saying we don't want to back right now. Yeah, you know, too many people, too many people decide to wait, and then you don't fund. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's all these pieces that go into it that aren't that easy, you know, and the and the shipping hassle between Kickstarter and like you have to not pay shipping now, pay shipping later. That really frustrates a lot of people. You know, well, it's... I, I think that, that <laughs> but, but... Look, it, it, Jason, I send you bunches of packages, and I've lost money every time. I know, I know. That's why, like, oh, I, when you said you're no longer doing international, I was like, 
no problem whatsoever. I'm not even going to complain about it. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, I would love to still get it. You can still, I, I you understand. Can still buy it from our web store. You just have to pay through the nose now. Exactly. Yeah. But I kind of like the fact that that you paid for shipping afterwards because shipping rates are so they fluctuate so much. Absolutely, and it's a necessary survival thing for a publisher because you're right. gonna you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself because you'll be mm -hmm. wrong, right? Right. Yeah, you'll I've done things where I'm yeah. like, pay shipping now. We've estimated, you know, a forty percent increase, and then they're like, oh, we tripled shipping rates, and I'm like, yep, okay. What am I gonna do? Or with that? COVID yeah. hit, we can't even ship to Australia now unless you pay ninety dollars a package. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I tried to order from Drive Through RPG the other day uh, two decks of cards. Uh, oh yeah, 50, fifty-two deck card decks, and the total cost plus shipping to me, the card decks was only seventeen dollars. The shipping and handling, and then they then they also tell you, you will pay import fees coming in as well. Yeah. So just their estimated price for me was eighty-seven dollars. Yeah. Mm. For two decks of cards, yeah. that, that's not even including import fees on the when they finally do ship it. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about that. No, there's nothing. Yeah, there's literally, and it's like everybody complains about it, and they're like, "Oh, this is crap. You shouldn't have these prices." Like, what do you want them to do? Go out of business? Well, this is the prices like, are being charged. You know, people are like, "Why don't you have UK or EU fulfillment?" And I'm like, "It's a catch twenty two because I don't sell enough there right, because yeah. shipping's so high to justify fulfillment. You can't and just I can't, throw it to I, a I can't lower shipping because I don't sell enough there because shipping's mm -hmm. too high. You know, and you." you to get the good rates from U UPS or FedEx or USPS, you have to move a certain volume every month. And most small publishers aren't moving that much. Yeah. You know, like you have to move a thousand packages a month. We only do that when we're fulfilling a Kickstarter. So once a quarter, we move a thousand packages a month, you know? Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. And, and I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how it all, it's all going to play out this year. And, and uh, I guess yeah. my, my, one of my remarks to close out this session is that if you know of someone that's doing a zine in an RPG zine in February, let us know in the comments, you know, if you, if, even after the fact, you know, even if you're watching this in February and you see the, just let us know. Cause we'd love to take a look at it because I, I have a hard time thinking that RPG zines are going to have as much, of a spotlight on them this year as they did last year. And we'd love to see what, uh, and take that a step further. Like, don't just let us know, let your friends know it no, costs just... you nothing to retweet, to share on Facebook to yeah, Doug, whatever, get out of here. Like if your friends are doing something cool, if people, your creators that you like and respect are doing something cool, share it. If you're excited about it, other people will be excited about it too. Get it out there and and push it. Yep, absolutely. There's nothing to say that zines can't be successful in February, even without no. Zine Quest. Nope. Even without the Zine Quest initiative, it's gonna have to work a lot harder. You're just gonna yeah. have to, you'll probably end <laughs> yeah. in the high year. And and you know what? If you're making a zine, more than likely you have that initiative anyway and you have that right. uh, you know you have that drive already because you're, you're trying to do something that just to kind of get it out there in the world and and to get something you know physically made that uh, you had an idea for and that takes a lot of ambition and it takes a lot of drive so yeah. you know uh, kudos to, to everybody that does that, that, that puts any kind of uh, small independent project out uh, on, on any kind of crowdfunding platform 
So, all right. Uh, any other closing remarks before we uh, head off uh, into the sunset for this 132nd episode? Yes, Alan. Uh, you can check out our new not Kickstarter initiative, Gallant Funding, on the Gallant <laughs> Game Web Store. <laughs> There's the plug. Boom. There you go. Yeah. That's why I came on. Done. Did it. There we go. Did the thing. Did, did the thing. I was what, actually what, really surprised. I I I, I backed his his, uh, his his current project on there, and I got it instantly. And I was like, wait, this is already done. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. It's pretty That's good. Cool. What, what, what do you got on there right now, Alan? Uh, we're finding an expansion to Diogo Nogueira's uh, Dark Streets and Darker Secrets called War of the Magi. It's a kind of magic user Highlander-esque urban fantasy horror supplement for his OSR game. So it's pretty cool, actually. And it's done except for printing. So if you just want the PDF, you can get it right now. Yeah, And you'll Literally. get it in 24 hours or you can get the book and the book will probably ship in March or April. So. Very cool. Very good. But we're uh, funded. We did- we hit our goal. Awesome. Whee! Congratulations. Uh, we, we did uh, Diogo game, uh, what, back in December? Yeah, back in December. Co- Cosmo, what was it? Cosmosaurs. Co- Cosmosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, bummed when I couldn't be on for that one, actually. That like a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that will be on Gallant Funding, too. So. Cosmosaurs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So. Very cool. Yeah, Diego's do, Diego's doing uh, some some really uh, some really awesome stuff. And Thanks to Alan. Fun. I know how to say his last name now. I, uh, you're assuming <laughs> I said it right. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say. I, well, I, I, I thought I, maybe I you knew. Oh, okay, no. I, all right. I, I don't. I, mean, uh, I don't assume anything with Alan because I, <laughs> I assume it'll be a good time when I assume Alan that comes it'll on. Be a great, it'll be a great project and a great game, and, and there you and, go, and that's it. But I don't. That's what we call the backpedal. With with, with, with four <laughs> names, I don't trust anybody unless I get the actual person on because in, man, I am horrible in, at mispronouncing names. In my defense, I see Diogo every year at Gen Con, so nice. we hang out in person a lot. So, hey, <laughs> you didn't see you didn't see him in twenty twenty one. Or twenty twenty, because nobody came to Gen Con. Okay. Hey, we I were was, there. He I was waiting. There. I was waiting at Gen Con for you, by the way. Oh, I'm I sure. was very clear that we weren't going. Like, <laughs> in April. So if you, I came on your stream and said we're not going. He actually, yeah, he actually did do that, Doug. I, 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 <laughs> I like to, I like to forget. I like to forget uh, certain. I block well, certain traumatic yeah. things out of my memory. We'll probably be there this year. So. All right, you heard it here first, folks. That's our BCG exclusive. I can't I'll promise that. But the, the, the probably, maybe. Yeah, well, it sort of might be. You know, it's our good. It's our good. Distributor, if our distributor decides not to go, I don't have a booth. That's fair. Yeah, what, yeah, so, what are you going to do? Just yeah. hang out? <laughs> well, actually, I mean, yes, I would. He could. He's got a sandwich that. board that Gen says Con, Gallant Night Games on it and walk around. Gen Con's really expensive if you're not also making money. So yeah, it's hard to justify offset that expenditure anyway go go check out uh, gallant funding on uh what's what's the website shop.gallantnightgames.com nice very cool all right that's going to do it for episode 132 of the chaotic good cast it was chaotic but it was so good make sure to go back zines in february if you know folks that are uh, making them yeah if people launch them go ahead and check them out that's sure. right we will see you all next week Thank you so much for doing this.
Thanks so much for watching this video. Uh, if you would be so kind, make sure you hit that like, comment, and subscribe, all the YouTube jazz that we're supposed to do here. Uh, it really is greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to support us more, uh, you can uh, check us out on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash victoryconditiongaming. We have all sorts of Patreon perks, and it definitely helps support our show. Thank you so much. Go to, I go to Gen Con every year. Alan, you haven't gone to Gen Con. I went to Gen Con last year, and you weren't there. Yeah. Told you I was your point. Yeah. <laughs> did, was didn't we home. cover this literally five minutes ago? I not know, even? I was, yes, I was, not I was, even. I, really I was, was at home enjoying life. You knew he wasn't going to be there. I haven't seen Alan since, what, PAX Unplugged 2019? Have you tried to go to Alan? No, because he no, no, you haven't. No, no, you haven't. It's like going to see Jason. He lives so far away, and he lives in the frozen north. Wait, not the frozen north. We live in the frozen north. It doesn't matter. He's further north than I am. Yeah, yeah, You get a lot of cold weather. We do. We don't. What are you talking? It's negative forty right now. So I guess tomorrow's supposed to be negative thirty-five here tomorrow with the wind chill. We're gonna get up to zero tomorrow. Zero since Thanksgiving. So we are gonna be cold air down to you guys. We're gonna be almost so cold that the maple degrees will reach the freedom degrees. Wow. We'll we'll even it out at that negative forty. Yeah. Negative forty is is when they they align. That's your tr weather trivia for the week. I yes. had to think about what you meant by that, and I was like, what? <laughs> Maple degrees? What? Maple freedom degrees and freedom uh, degrees. Here, we will hang out. It's fine. We'll even play a game. I hope so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that game will be, can you find my house? <laughs> <laughs> that game will be, Alan's going back to the hotel to go to bed because he spent nine hours in a booth today. <laughs> <laughs> just, just nine hours? That's it? Well, on selling days, yeah, because they only let the call be open for nine hours. No, man, I get in there first thing in the morning, like, ben. oh, come on, Ben, you know I do. You're I, so at PAX Unplugged, so I was at your crap. booth before you every morning, That's and I didn't true. even have an exhibitor badge except for one day. I, I got in there first thing, like, on, on I, I got there, what, Friday, I got in, what was it, like 6.30 in the morning, I think I left at, like, 6.30, yeah. No. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes. Gen Con's really good about getting you out right when they want to close that exhibitor hall, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They guys with flamethrowers coming out. <laughs> they are. Uh, they, they, they have staff who walk down the aisles and like oh, shoot yeah. everybody out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's which is great as a vendor because like you're in there from 10 to 6. The last thing you yeah. want is staying there longer. Mm -hmm. People oh. lingering around your booth for yeah. two hours after closing. Yeah. Yeah. The real, the real problem with Gen Con is you got to get there like, because Gen Con starts on Thursday, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, half day, Sunday, basically. You really got to get there like Monday or Tuesday for booth set up and prep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're working there for like three days. The con starts and then you're crashing out at the end trying to get it done and leave Sunday or Monday. Oh, yeah. No, Gen Con's definitely one of those cons that like as soon as the, con, the, the, the exhibitor floor is over, you want to just get something to eat and crash. Like no. it's it's tough. Like no. whereas like with Origins or you know Pax Unplugged or some of the yeah. other some of the other like you you're you're like energized. You like get out of that vendor hall and you're like okay we're gonna go have dinner. We're gonna go do something. We're gonna stay out all night and and we're gonna get food poisoning with Alan Barr and 
Everybody has that plan, and that never happens. No, the food poisoning <laughs> happens a lot. It's, oh, no, the food poisoning <laughs> I completely get. But, like, everybody makes these lofty plans. Like, oh, yeah, once the floor closes for the day, we'll I, just I don't make plans at Gen Con anymore. You can't. I, you nope. Can't. I, you really can't. I'm like, if you, you want to talk to me, you can go get a meal with me. We can have words, and then I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's it. Talk while we eat. That's all the time you get. Yeah. Well, this is, Doug's going to find a ball pit. Yeah. It's... It's awful. Oh, uh, it's at Alan Barr, A-L-A-N-B-A-H-R. Person asking about my Twitter. Uh, though you can't follow me because it's currently private, so you'll have to request to follow me, and then I'll have to allow you to follow me. Wow, it's uh, private? You're exclusive yeah, on, private. on Twitter now. Exclusive. No. Uh, but I love Junk, like... Because going as a publisher of Junk Con, I have so many friends who are like, we love Junk Con. I'm like, yeah, but you're not a publisher. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a totally different ball game. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, and so, like, everybody was like, we missed Gen Con. And I was like, two years off of Gen Con? Woo! <laughs> yeah. But this year, I'm finally ready to go back. I'm like, all right, I, I could use some Gen Con. Let's, well, let's you, were, you were missed by a lot of folks. We There's oh. there a lot of times when we met up for dinner and everybody's like, well, I wish Alan were here. I really Where is Alan? Alan was <laughs> I don't Where? believe that. This, this, no, this is probably mostly true. Doug mumbling into his napkin. Yeah, it was. It was just it was <laughs> right. just me sitting there at the table, you know. Well, talking Doug, to if you ever want to come to Alan Con out here in North Dakota, Alan so Con, no, I no host you at Alan Con. Although VCG, we're doing our own thing uh, with the uh, uh, Granite State Comic Con this year in, yeah. in September. You can bring so. me out. Maybe you should come come on over and, and yeah. uh, hawk some you books. Pay for the flight and hotel. I'm there. I mean, I can probably make that happen. Then do it. Then we're there. That's not that. <laughs> that's that's my benchmark. If you can do that, I'll come. Like that's the rule. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. You, I will commit right now. If you can cover my flight and my hotel, I'm there. Well, how long is it? How long a flight of is it, is it to uh, from South? Oh, like a million or... hours is awful. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's like it's, it's probably like, hours. you're probably gonna go all the way down to like Georgia and then have to come up. Like they, they probably zigzag you so, across the country. Yeah, if you so I live near Fargo, so we fly out of the Fargo. So there's two options: you fly out of Fargo, yeah, and then you either go to Minneapolis, Chicago, or um, really one of those two, Detroit sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's your, and that's your big hub, and then you go where you're going. So there's usually one stop, maybe two. Okay. Or you drive the four hours to yes, there's an airport in North Dakota. We have two thank you. When they open and it's not cold. It's like he lives in Canada now. And any time between November and January is like fifty fifty if they're gonna have any flights that day. Uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's it's just kind of you're flipping a coin. But uh, or you drive the four hours to Minneapolis and fly out of Minneapolis. Those are the options. So uh, and usually it's cheaper just to drive to Minneapolis and park. So, and you between the flight and the layovers and get through the airport, it's about the same amount of time anyway. <laughs> it's it's uh, almost the same here in Vermont. Like if you drive to Boston, park and fly, yep. it's yeah. about as expensive, if not cheaper, than flying out of out of uh, the Burlington International. Yeah. yeah. I, um, the one good thing that, that that you can do is we there is a Manchester, New Hampshire airport which we fly you okay. into, Alan. Yeah. If uh, if we can make that happen, um, Manchester actually has Southwest, so you can get some pretty cheap one shot flights uh, if you're going to the right location. But other than that, most of the time it's just you might as well just fly out of the Burlington airport. Yeah. It's, it's, I I like how Southwest doesn't like give you assigned seats. They literally line you up like in kindergarten. And then you have yeah. to get on the plane in order. 
it's, 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 it's kind of whimsical. Yeah. Uh, that's why I always bring my cane. Because I'm like, oh, I have a cane. And they're like, oh, you can go first. Clever <laughs> man. It's all about that. And luckily, <laughs> I usually need my cane, so I'm not lying. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'll come to BCG, Carnage, whatever. Con it's is. not Carnage. It's, it's <laughs> Granite State Comic Con. Hashtag yeah. ShootCon. No, we're not calling it ShootCon. I actually had a meeting with, with <coughs> Granite Con. Uh, on on Saturday, on Sunday, and I told them Ben. I said, I said, hey, I said, I said, you know what? I t- before we had this meeting, I sent it out to the to the crew. I'm like, hey, is there any you know concerns or anything you want me to bring up? And Ben says, other than the fact that we need to rebrand this as ShootCon, we got to redo it. And and I said, and I said that to Scott, who's uh, in charge of uh, Granite State Comic Con, or one of the guys that's in charge of the Granite State Comic Con, I should say. And he's just, he just like laughed. I'm like. Yeah, nobody wants that, do they? <laughs> Other I mean, than Ben, I would, I would oh, come. Oh, cool. and I would wear a shirt that said hashtag #ShootCon. Yeah, so if I, I would, do, I'd be down. You just print some shirts. All right, yeah. well, we'll see what we can do. We'll wrap either way. Yeah, it'll be great. But yeah, <laughs> oh, I'd love to come. I'd love to come in and sling some books. That's cool. It's it, it'll be a good time. Uh, this is the first year that they're doing a three day event. They're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is cool. Oh, fancy. And uh, I've already. They've already one of the guests has already been leaked, and uh, actually, Alan, I think one of the guests you would actually be a really big fan of. If so uh, if 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 you know, I, oh. I don't want to give anything away, but I, knowing what you were into, I think one of the guests you would be. Isn't really Alan into like everything though? Well, like, there's certain all. things, there's that, of things, I hate. There's certain things that I think he's a, big, a bigger a fan of than others. So, <laughs> Vandermy says, shoot Con uh, on the front. Where's the ball pit on the back? I'll know. I, I like. I hate everything. I'm just quiet about it because I'm not a jerk on the internet. That's right. <laughs> I what keep con, my hate to myself. What con is this? This is going to be uh, Granite State Comic Con in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, so uh, it's in September, September 16th through the 18th. Uh, be on the lookout for that. If you follow us on on uh, social media at all. Uh, Wait, when is it? Facebook. September 16th through the 18th. Yeah. All right. Um, so if, if you're, uh, if you follow us at all, we'll talk about it more in, in the coming months as well, but, uh, very excited for it. Uh, and all of our $10 a month patrons on Patreon actually get a free pass to for a free weekend pass to uh, Granite State Comic Con, which is awesome. And, uh, so, uh, how far is that on a scale of Lebanon to Boston? I don't. I don't know what he's referring to. Like, Le- uh, like where, be, where, be, where between Lebanon and Boston? It's like a, it's like a three-hour drive from the the Greater Burlington era, area. Is that, yeah, it's like yeah. it's just a little, three, three, a little three under and a half, two and a half about. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a it's a great convention. Uh, they usually pull in about eight thousand people, which is cool. And uh, I think this year is going to be a great year because I've I've already got the list of of the initial guests. That are coming, and of course, you know, it, it should be a, a lot of fun. So, all right, that's gonna do it. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everybody that stuck around and, and kept on uh, watching this even past the, the credits. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>